rootslandnation.com Wear your culture. 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 Voice Box Studio, can I help you? Hey, Lise, what's going on? Can, can you get curly locks for me, please? It's important. Oh, Henry K., hold on one second. Yeah. Uh-huh, thank you. Thank you. Curly locks, yo. Patrick. Henry, you hear from the people yet? I haven't, actually. And it's kind of discouraging. I don't like them, you know. I don't like them. I don't like anything about them. I, I know you don't. I, I know you don't. You never did. They don't want to take any risk. I agree. They don't have no vision. Look, it was worth a shot, right? These are parasites, bro. Look, I'm with you. I'm with you. No argument you here. You don't need them. They are no them. They, they are no help. Look, we're not beholden to anyone. Yeah, man. I agree. We will put out the show on our own. Yeah, I am ready. No hesitation. Uh huh. We don't need them. I'm with you. All right. So I'll keep you posted. But the writing's on the wall. The guy's right. Just discovered the world. Broadcasting live and direct from the rolling red hills on the outskirts of Kingston, Jamaica. From a magical place at the intersection of words, sound, and power. The red light is on. Your dial is set. The frequency in tune to the Rootsland podcast. Stories that are music to your ears. Back in May, a 23-year-old rapper from the Bronx named Ice Spice made headlines in the music business after an article in Billboard magazine stated that she had full creative control over her work, that she owned her masters, and no one from the record company touched her music. Well, unless you're parents of teenagers or have seen her TikTok collab with Kim K's daughter, Northwest, you may have never heard of Ice Spice. And unless you're in the music business, you probably have no idea what it even means to own your masters. But you should. It's quickly becoming the catchphrase for a new generation looking to take control not only over their work, but over their lives. And for many of today's young people, their work is their life. And based on what they've experienced, they don't have much confidence that these big corporations have their best interests at heart. So many have made a conscious choice to sacrifice the short-term benefits that come with being a cog in the machine for the long-term dividends that pay off when one invests in oneself and in their own future. Owning your masters, it even sounds powerful, like a reckoning or reclamation. And it kind of is. It's the reason why 30 years ago, the revolutionary singer Prince wrote the word slave on his face and changed his name to an unpronounceable symbol. And it's even why today an unlikely rebel named Taylor Swift is re-recording and re-releasing her entire early catalog, songs that she signed away the rights to when she was just a starry-eyed teen. And the reason is, stale news alert, the system is rigged. Not to draw for an early crowd-pleaser, But make no bones about it. These record labels, media companies, entertainment groups, they epitomize the system. When a singer or musician signs a record deal, it's no deal. At least not for the artist. A record deal is a loan. And the record companies, nothing more than loan sharks. If they were in any other industry, 
they'd be considered predatory lenders. Once an individual or group signs that contract and deposits the check, it's official. They become property of IOU records. They won't see another penny until the label recoups all the expenses incurred with the production, promotion, marketing, and distribution of the album. That includes the big-ticket items, like the private jets they send for the interview with Hoda and Jenna, right down to the double lattes that the interns drink while working late at the office. And that's at New York City prices. Even if the record company recoups their expenses, which they rarely do, at least not on the books, every dollar that they earn, 90 cents goes back to the label, and only 10 cents goes back to the singer or band who then has to share it? Doesn't sound very fair. Yet for millions of kids, that's all they dream of. This art form and the precious careers that these entertainers toil and obsess over, well, to the record companies, are nothing more than a line item on some accountant's spreadsheet. An accountant whose fee is, by the way, also paid for by the artist along with his double lattes. All that is true unless, of course, you own your masters, which back in the day literally meant owning the physical master tapes that the music was recorded on. But now in this digital age where music only exists in the cloud, it refers to an artist's financial and creative control over their music, which gives them the power to decide who and how their compositions are used whether they're released on a soundtrack to a blockbuster Marvel movie, or they end up in a Purina dog food commercial. I mean, just the other day, I heard the Jimmy Cliff anthem, You Can Get It If You Really Want It, on an E-Trade ad on TV. And the Bob Marley classic, Every Little Thing's Gonna Be Alright, is currently being featured on an ADT commercial. These are reggae's greatest icons that spent their careers fighting the very same system that's now benefiting from their hard work. Bob Marley shot the sheriff. Now his music is promoting a security firm. I could only imagine what he'd say to that. I and I shot the sheriff. And now the sheriff, I use I and I song. If you come tell I and I, but don't worry about a thing. There are things I and I have to worry about. We have to worry about vampire and pestilence that crawl it by night. You dig? 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 Which brings me to me. Ever since choosing music for my career, I've had to maintain a careful balance between producing records I love and producing records to survive and pay the bills. Most of the money I made as a hired gun working for these big companies I would reinvest into my own productions and music that came out on my own independent record label. But one thing that never ceased to amaze me in all my years in working with these so-called major labels was their arrogance. This overwhelming sense of self-importance, as if somehow they were at the center of this musical universe and little guys like me were stuck in their orbit, relying on their crumbs for our cosmic survival. So, it was hardly surprising when I encountered that same kind of lofty entitlement when I attempted to find the right partner and podcast network to distribute this show, Rootsland. Consequence of Sound is an online music magazine that was founded in 2007 
as an independent and progressive source for music and entertainment journalism. Named after the obscure Regina Spector song that ironically appears on her only album that is unavailable on digital streaming services. The site originally appealed to more selective music lovers and connoisseurs. Tired of the same old generic cookie-cutter articles that flooded mainstream entertainment outlets and preferred a more nuanced and in-depth critique of music, film, art, and pop culture with an emphasis on the culture, not the pop. So it was no surprise that by 2021, Consequence of Sound had become one of the most visited and influential music websites in the world. And with its burgeoning podcast network and a hunger for quality storytelling, they seemed like the perfect fit for Rootsland. In the wake of the George Floyd killing and during the peak of the pandemic, Michael Rothman, the visionary co-founder of the website, expressed that Rootsland represented everything that Consequence of Sound was aspiring to be. This place where the social justice movement intersects with the music industry and helps to expose the indignities, the injustices perpetuated on so many singers and musicians over the decades. But a funny thing happened on my way to the studio up in Red Hills, Jamaica. In between seasons one and two of Rootsland, Michael Rothman left the website. And then they changed their name from Consequence of Sound to Just Consequence. This once groundbreaking and cutting-edge content provider went from an eclectic music website to a data-driven digital media and marketing empire. And in my opinion, they seem to care more about the click count than providing socially conscious content. I got the feeling that they were not alone. The revolution was no longer generating revenue, and it was time to move on. Most of these popular websites and mainstream news outlets, they were kind of like those social media influencers who jumped out of their BMWs just long enough to take a selfie at a BLM march or post a video of them boarding up a vandalized storefront after a riot and then sped back up to the suburbs ASAP to check out how many likes and comments they received for their heroic deeds. The last time I checked the Consequence website, the headlines offered a list of the top TV shows of 2023 so far and how to get tickets to the sold-out Coachella. And don't get me wrong, that's useful information that brings heavy traffic to the site. But hardly the intersection where the social justice movement meets music. That's unless you count the cans of food that Gigi Hadid donated to charity from her backstage cabana at the festival. Before I was willing to agree to have the newly rebranded Consequence Media continue to distribute Rootsland on their podcast network, I wanted to make sure they were still committed and believed in the show. After all, if I was going to offer them a share of the revenues, it was only fair that this digital media empire also shared in the cost of the production. So I proposed a budget that was consistent with the amount spent on other podcasts that appear on their network, shows that did not have our consistent rankings or downloads. My offer was straight up and simple. A yes or no would have sufficed. Via phone, text, or email, we either move on together or apart. A conscious uncoupling. You know, Coldplay and Gwyneth style. But I dare you to try to find anything conscious about a corporation. After two weeks of my email getting the Phil Collins treatment, no reply at all, 
A follow-up letter, expressing both my concern and frustration, finally managed to solicit a reply from the company's CEO. Dear Henry, Hope you are well. I don't quite understand the tone of your email. The last time I checked, we are full-time in the media business. Bold capital F-U-L-L. And you? Try to put on one season per year? Last release May 11th? In parentheses. Okay, so I'm going to stop here for a second to break down this letter and show what's really happening here. And I don't mean to throw anyone under a bus, but as we begin season six, I just want my audience to understand that these stories I tell about my heroes and mentors and the pioneers of an industry and their dealings with arrogant and detached music and media executives... They aren't just abstract tales from yesteryear. This still goes on today. And this attitude is still pervasive in the entertainment business. The reason why a CEO of a large media company, or any company, couldn't possibly understand the tone of my last email is because, unlike me, it's probably been a long time since he had to wait two weeks for anyone to get back to him. Regarding anything, let alone an urgent, time-sensitive matter, I suspect that if one of his employees didn't return a pressing email within the day or even within the hour, the next email they would get would be a termination letter. The last time I checked, we are a full-time media business. Really? Is this the way they train CEOs nowadays to quell the concerns of a worried business partner? With that snarky and condescending tone... This is the exact reason that the public has a deep distrust and distaste for the mainstream media and these internet news sources. This higher-than-thou attitude. You know, they're convinced they know everything. That we can't survive without them. You see their trick? They want to wear down our confidence. Want us to doubt ourselves so we can be dependent upon them and whatever they regurgitate and call newsworthy. His letter finishes by declaring, quote-unquote, We are in the business to grow our assets, audience, and content IP. And if you're part of it, this mission statement applies. This is a long game, and you need to make a decision. If you have the bandwidth and the appetite to play it or not, let me know how to proceed. Happy holidays. Okay, so first of all, is this letter written by an actual human being? Or is this artificial unintelligence? I mean, your mission statement mentions assets, audience, content IP. Dude, I thought you were a music website. What about enriching your audience? What about providing powerful, thought-provoking content? What about in-depth journalism that uncovers hidden musical worlds and makes them accessible to your readers? That's a mission statement of a brand that I want to be part of. And as for me having the bandwidth and appetite for the long game, does this guy even listen to the show? It's a story about a kid who leaves a cushy life in the suburbs of Long Island to live and work in Kingston, Jamaica, at the time the murder capital of the world. I spent years on those Kingston streets, hustling records out of the back of a beaten-up Russian jeep and managed to claw my way up to the top of the billboard charts. And 40 years later, I'm still in the game, still hungry, Still hustling records. And the last time I checked, I am a full-time podcast. 
now starting season six. And I promise you that these stories and this music will be around a lot longer than any Flavor of the Month website, no matter what they call themselves. And to think I was ready to give away the rights and rewards of my work to a partner who obviously never believed or even understood the show. Which takes me back to owning your masters. People ask me all the time, what's going on with today's young people? They don't want jobs. They don't want to work. They lack incentive. To which my standard reply is, it's not that they don't want to work. They just don't want to work for you. And listen, don't take that personally. They don't want to work for me either. They're not looking to work for anyone. Over the past few years, they've seen for themselves how businesses and companies treated their employees and workers when things got really tough. Turns out there wasn't much loyalty. Seemed like it was every man and business for themselves. And the takeaway for this new generation is that they're happier and more fulfilled being their own boss, even if that means working harder and making less money. They'd rather drive an Uber on their own schedule than be on call full-time for some big limo company. They'd prefer to sweat it out in a leased food truck than be a cook in a state-of-the-art kitchen run by some foul-mouthed chef or be a freelancer on Fiverr with the ability to pick and choose their next gig instead of slaving away as a drone at some corporate job. So I say kudos to the generation that's not looking for the big record deal with the major label but content with releasing their own music independently and maybe selling less records, but making more per unit. They figured out rather quickly and instinctively what the previous generation has yet to discover. When you own your masters, you own your story. You know, when I requested that production budget from Consequence Media, their reply to me was that it was a non-starter. And if I could find someone willing to sponsor the show, I should take it. Well, it turns out I did. And it wasn't some big multi-million dollar media company. It was just a small mom and pop's operation that truly believed in the show and the stories we tell. So I encourage everybody to support RootslandNation.com, where 100% of the proceeds from all the music downloaded and all the merchandise sold goes to support the production of our show and keep it commercial free. On the next episode, I'm going to take you back to 1993, when there was a blizzard that came through Jamaica that caused a whiteout. And somehow, I got stuck shoveling up the snow. We're going to end this episode with a song from the son of a legend, who's become a legend himself, Damien Jr. Gong Marley. Looks are deceiving. And remember, don't you underestimate yourself. <laughs> an angel told me Regardless of our faith And even though so many of his children's strength Our good deeds are never wasted And so believe it or not you special in your own way And your existence is a must Within the heart of child everyone has their space Even the dogs serve our purpose Don't you underrate yourself? Then I said, Angel.
Powered by RootslandNation.com. We're your culture.